Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome to We'll See You in Hell. It's me. The podcast is now part of the Fangoria Podcast I Network. For more about information about the network, including other programs, how to follow this show to and find past over. episodes, we'll visit Fangoria.com. Now on with the show. I was singing uh, Hello by Adele in the background. I thought you were singing, uh, we just had a convert, not you and I, but I talked to somebody about Hello, and it was the Lionel Richie. Well, yeah, they were saying like Adele now owns like Hello, whereas... She doesn't own it. Not own it, but you know what I mean. Like that was Lionel Richie's thing. She's leasing a sizable part of the house, but she doesn't own it. No. Richie owns it, baby. I think she's got a Lionel little more than Richie. Richie. Father of Nicole Richie. I never noticed until right now that his the root word of his name is lion. <laughs> and and to be honest, with all the plastic surgery, him and Smokey Robinson look like lions. Yeah. Like majestic lionesses. There's a little lioness a lion a lionesque. There's a little lion-esque <laughs> thing about them that makes them look lioness Lioness-like. Yeah. Uh, Folks. Love them both. And, oh, well, you know, go, no, let's go ahead. Let's start. Let's tell people what they're listening to before I tell my Smokey Robinson story. Well, they know what we're listening to, and we're in one ear. I'm in one ear. Pat's in the other. And uh, you know why, because you play the movie if you want up the middle, and that's just how this goes. Okay? Yeah. So you can listen to this with us or without us. Well, no, not without us. Uh, you have to listen to it with us. <laughs> but you can listen to it with the movie or without the movie. And if you didn't want to hear us, then you just watch the movie. Today we're doing The Woman in Black, starring Daniel Radcliffe, which is the remake. Never seen the original, Baby but I would like to. Black. Have you ever seen the original? Uh, I didn't know. It was, it's an old uh, like Hammer movie, right? Well, yeah, but the remake Hammer is Horror. also by Hammer. I meant starring MC Hammer. Right. <laughs> He did that yes. action movie with DMX called Too Legit, Too Quit. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so now's the time. If you want to line it up, pop your DVD in. Uh, find it on. Uh, we're on Amazon Prime today. Uh, it might be on Netflix. I don't know. But if you want to queue it up, now's where you stop our podcast and get your movie queued up. And now that you're all queued up, we're going to do a count-off. We do it at one, two, two three, four, three, play. four, play. So wait, but no, no, not yet. Not yet. Now I'm going to lean forward to hit play. You count it off, oh, okay, and yeah. then I'll hit play. I'm not saying one, two, three, four. I'm going to say one, two, three, play. Okay. You gave the first ever four count-off. Here we go, folks. One, two, three, play. Yeah. We're rolling. Woman in black. We got some sort of CBS logo coming up. Is that CBS, like the TV station? It is. They they stuck their hand into a few films, and they do pretty well, actually. Did they? Yeah. Really? They do. Now, I have to change the sad sound output, because I just realized it's not correct, and that's why we can't hear anything. So talk for a moment, would you, Pat? Absolutely. I'm going to tell the Smokey Robinson story. So if you get a chance to see Smokey Robinson before he passes away, which may be a while because it looks like he's been embalmed or, uh, you know, frozen in time, something like that. But we go to see Smokey Robinson at the Hollywood Bowl. He's got the same amazing voice. The songs sound incredible. But between the songs, this son of a bitch had the funniest banter I've ever heard in my life. 
Funnier than most stand-up, and I'm looking right at Joe DeRosa when I'm saying this. Thank you. <laughs> Funnier than most stand-up. But he gets up there, and uh, he goes, Folks, this is off my new album, uh, Fire and Ice. It's only available at Cracker Bear. And the audience like laughs hysterically, and he goes, Oh, no, no, I'm quite serious. It's only available at Cracker Bear. We looked it up. This album was only available on Cracker Bear. But he had a sense of but, humor about wait, it. Wait, but you th- you think he was trying to be funny when he said that? He was definitely trying to be funny. Okay. Then he goes, uh, folks, uh, we got, we're going to do one more now off my new album. Uh, the title again is Fire and Ice. Right. And he looks out at the crowd. The crowd is silent. And he goes, oh, thank you both. <laughs> his His one-liners were destroying the crowd. He was making fun of himself. He looked ridiculous. He sang like a damn angel. Where the hell did you see Smokey Robinson? I saw him at the Hollywood Bowl, which is how the story started. I wasn't listening because I was fixing the volume. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, it was great. He's one of the funniest men I've ever seen. You just seen. went to see Smokey Robinson headline the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, a year or two ago. I also okay. saw the Reverend Al Green at the Greek Theater, and he was amazing as well. Now, does he still sing, like, Let's Get It On in, like, the sex tunes? Let's Stay Together. Uh, Let's Get It On with Marvin Gaye. Oh, that's but right. He sings some songs about, you know, making love to your woman, not fucking her. You know what I mean? That's yeah, the difference. But that's not what he was singing about back in the 70s. No, no. He was singing about fucking. But what I recommend people is if you get a chance, like a lot of times uh, you'll see, oh, Aretha Franklin's coming to town. And you're like, oh, man, it'd be cool to see Aretha Franklin. But you don't buy that ticket. And they're going to die very soon. And you're going to wish that you had gone to see him. So I go see Al yeah. Green. I go see Chuck Berry when I'm in St. Louis. You go see all these people because then when they die, you've seen a piece of American history. And if you put it off yeah. too long, they're going to die. That's how I felt when I saw uh, Elton John. Absolutely. He probably did all the hits, right? It was wall-to-wall hits, not including Can You Feel the Love Tonight, Thank God. Oh, yeah, it that's was, not a hit. It was wall-to-wall every miss. song you ever wanted to hear. That's he great. was tremendous. He was wearing a ja- He was wearing the Captain Fantastic jacket. <laughs> nice, nice. Which was awesome. Uh, he opened with the bitch's back. Sure, he's uh, the bitch. I think he is right. I think that's what that means, right? Did he sing Saturday? Saturday. Of course, yeah. That's his most rocking song. I think know. that might have been the encore. I love that. Like that's his toughest song, and he's like breaking beer bottles over people's heads and stuff. But then in the second verse, he's like admiring his sister's wardrobe <laughs> and you're like oh i think this guy might be lying about all the macho stuff the uh he's like my sister my sister looks good in her braces and boots or what it's like come on elton he did his he did the most focus on the fights he did one of the most ballsy not ballsy like like cock rock moves i've ever seen in a rock show and i loved it yeah uh the second song was benny and the jets and all he did was this. He just went, boom, and stood up. And yeah. from the one chord, everybody started going crazy. Sure. And I was like, how awesome is that when you, how awesome is that when you can do that? Yeah. I'm going to do the one chord. And he stood up and looked at everybody like, yeah, fuck <laughs> you. It was great. It's like uh, when I saw the Baja men, they all go, who? Same thing. Right. Five minutes, because you know Let the Dogs Out is coming. Yeah. And then when they let those dogs out, Joe, the, sad the musical part is, dogs. I, would, I didn't I even, was I wasn't sure if you were kidding or not, because you've seen every <laughs> goddamn concert that comes through town. I wouldn't be that surprised if you went to see the Baja, I wouldn't man. go see the Baja, man. 
Why not? Now, when I saw Elton John, he sang Benny and the Junes. I don't get the... <laughs> Benny the... and the Junes. We've discussed it on this show. It's a movie with Johnny Depp and Mary Stewart Masterson. Benny and Ju- Oh, Benny and June. Benny and I June. thought you were doing a play on Jets. No. Like that there was some correlation between Junes and Jets. And I, for a minute, I thought you said June Jews. Jet. I thought you said Jews. It made Jews. me uncomfortable. Sure. That's not what you said, though. Uh, no, if you're watching the film with us, by the way, uh, Daniel, I mean, this is the most we've just completely <laughs> disregarded a film. I, thank you for reminding me, as if I was a listener, <laughs> that we're watching a film. I mean, we haven't called one bit of attention to it. Uh, we're in the scene now where uh, Harry Potter is sitting with... Uh, <laughs> he's always just going to be Harry Potter. Poor bastard. He's sitting he's, with he's the a guy great actor. cutting the cigar, and they're talking about something I, I actually very much like this film i've seen it before and you have too you just painted quite a picture that's going to make people want to turn in i mean <laughs> harry potter's talking to this guy who's cutting a cigar i'm not or smart something. enough to speculate on who this guy is yeah he's I, a I, ledger or something you know a ledger's a book he's heath ledger but uh he's like a lawyer it's his boss or I don't know, he's got a lot of books and things i don't know yeah. one of these english guys it's probably a ledger i picture every guy in england Having a room like this, oh sure, with paintings and cigars, Fine books, and, yeah, rugs, probably, yeah, a desk, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I always admired the English. I, I, it seems like a very nice life. I did too. I went to this party the other night, and this guy uh, was British, very handsome gentleman. And he starts talking, and this entire room just stops milling about and talking, just stares at him while he talks. The women like. The hottest woman there made a beeline for him the second she could. Like, they—it's a very sexy thing, and we don't have it. We sound boring. I love the English accent. An English accent on a woman who I find to be terribly sexy, and on a man, even sexier. <laughs> I just find it pompous usually and boring. But this guy was pretty. Uh, I, I love it. I love the accent. Uh, then you got your Australian accent, which is sort of a rough and tumble. Cousin. Good day, mate. That's not a shrimp. Cousin. That's yeah. a shrimp, Bobby. <laughs> right? Yes. Uh, that's the quote. Yeah. Uh, now, do you find that I have some sort of southern accent or a Missouri accent? Because I get told it by some friends, but not that often. If if that by that you mean, do I think you sound like a dumbass? Yeah. 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 Okay. Like a real American dumbass? Yeah. When you talk, I'm like, he sounds like a fucking podunk dumbass. <laughs> Every uh, word is a is an eternity. Just shut up. Well, like Kid Rock, I'm an American badass. Uh, no, I don't hear that with you, and that's my. And I'm joking, of course, about the South. I, I've got quite an aff- affinity for the South. I'm from the Midwest, and I'm also a fan I do of the Southern. The South will rise again. I'm a fan of the Southern accent as well. On a, uh, I, not that I'm not a fan of it on a man, but I date women, and I find it on a woman to be quite sexy. I'll take a Southern accent over a British accent on a lady. That's why Holly Hunter was my favorite gal in movies for many years. I thought Holly's, she was the sexiest woman alive. Holly's, Raising Arizona? Woo! Holly's is a little too, like, 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 auto shop for me. Yeah. It's a Short little for t- Dwayne. It turned to the right. Yeah, it's a little too hard for me. I think um, she's the best. But I think she's a lovely woman. She's in the Suicide Squad. No, no, she's in Superman Batman, yeah. which I'm excited to see. You just saw Hail Caesar. I did. Uh... Last night I saw Hail Caesar, and I liked it. And what happens more and more with these Coen Brothers movies is I'm sitting there, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. It ends. I go, oh, 
that wasn't quite what I was looking for or quite what I wanted. I did it with Lewin Davis. I did it with, uh, what's the one prior to that? Burn After Reading, where I'm like, I enjoyed so much of it, but it kind of left man. me. S- Simple Man, perfect example. That's now one of my favorites is a simple movie. I loved it from the first time I saw it, but I'm just sharp like that. Yeah. I it's, just it's, got it's, it. Well, it's called A Serious Man, right? Serious Man. Yeah. What's the the Woody Allen one is A Serious Man? No, Simple Man is uh, the one directed by the fashion designer. Okay. Ralph What's the Lorraine. Woody Allen one? Not Ralph Lorraine. Serious Man? Tom Ford. Tom Ford directed A Simple Man and A Serious Man is the Coen Brothers movie. What's the Woody Allen Cy one? Abelman. That is... A something man. Yeah, an incons... Son of a bitch. I really like that Irrational movie. man. Irrational, Irrational man. man. That's right. And I then really... Soul Man is where C. Thomas Howell dresses like a black guy. Right. So now get, I'll often get Soul Man confused with the plot of every other one of those <laughs> films. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I like all those movies. Okay, good. Um, you were talking about Hail Caesar. Hail Caesar, I thought, was very funny in spots. It's super weird. There's a bunch of pieces in it that don't seem to connect, and you don't really know if they do at the end. And now today I woke up, and they asked me when I walked into work, did you like it? I'm like, yeah, I really did. Then you asking me now, I'm like, yeah, it's actually all I thought about all day. And I think it's a fucking amazing movie. And that's why I think they're working on a different level than anybody else. Now, I'll tell you this, folks. Yesterday was the Super Bowl. Pat and I went to two Super Bowl parties together, yep. and then to a bar. Yeah, uh, it was quite a day of intake. Yeah, uh, and after all that, when I was so drunk, I decided to go get four tacos and a quesadilla uh, from a truck. Pat went to see a movie. So, how drunk were you in that theater by yourself? Uh, not very, because I quit drinking long before you guys. So at the when we went to the second stop. Second party house. Uh, I left fairly early, went home. I didn't drink anymore after that. When I you, met up with you, you guys, left literally five minutes before we went to the bar, and then you came and met us at the bar. Yeah, but I met you like uh, two hours later. That's uh, what I'm saying. Maybe an hour. I think it was at least two hours. No. You probably didn't notice the time because you were so very drunk. Uh, but when I got there, I was fine. And I didn't drink anymore after that. And you guys were all pretty amped up at that point. And I thought you left. When I guess you just went and took a massive dump. And I said, I'm going to go see Hail Caesar. And I did. And I, I wasn't that drunk at all. Really? And I followed the plot and I had a good time. And I was in such a foul mood that sometimes it's a better move to just go watch a movie by yourself. I was in horrendous shape. Yeah. I woke up at. Uh, We're depressed. That's what Joe and I just had a delicious home cooked meal. Home cooked by Joe DeRosa himself. Yeah. Contributing to the uh, will they or won't they vibe. Of this podcast <laughs> that people comment on on Twitter. Uh, um, Joe made me a lovely dinner, and we talked about how depressed we are. Describe the dinner, because I feel like I'll get some points for what I cooked. He made uh, some perfectly seasoned asparagus, a potato that at first seemed a little tough, but grew on me to become my new favorite <laughs> way to cook potatoes. And a piece of lamb, is that correct, Joe? Well, lamb, yeah. With some delicious seasonings that Joe ordered on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Amazon Prime, who's also bringing you the movie we're watching tonight. That's right. Speaking of which, Paying we are- Paying us no money. We are watching a movie. Yeah. Uh, man, the people that complain that we don't talk about it enough, but the movie enough are really going to be unhappy this Those week. Those people have kind of stopped because they know what they're getting now, yeah. I think. 
Now, here you got Daniel Radcliffe in a creepy room in an old haunted house where we assume he's going to meet the woman in black. He's wearing a Henley shirt, which I didn't even know they made back then. Even weirder, it's a Don Henley Henley shirt. Right. So it's got a Don Henley End of the Innocence tour poster on it. Right. And that album came out in 1991. That's what Don Henley should do now. Make Don Henley Henleys. Yeah, Henleys by Don Henley. Well, I love uh, Glenn Fry's Fries. He makes Those are delicious. Seasoned curlies. Those are delicious. Favorite part of the tenacious. Those are album. delicious. Seasoned curlies. I, that? <laughs> when the, the drive-through, the funniest sketch in the history of music. Well, I don't know. What I'll play it for you after this. Tenacious D album. Thankfully, they only made one. It's perfect from start to finish. The songs are incredible. No, they've made three albums. Not album albums. Yes, they have. No, none have come out after this self-titled Tenacious D. Yes, they have. You mean the soundtrack to Pick of Destiny? And then they made an, another album called the, about like the Phoenix Rising from the Ashes, and that was like their follow-up album. They absolutely did. It was That's like a not big true. It's a hundred percent true. I'll bet you. Please bet me a large <sighs> amount of money. Well, the Phoenix Rising is that's the Tenacious D album. So there must be one before that. No, tribute to the best song ever. No, that's the first one. Okay. Then came the soundtrack to the movie, and then they did a follow-up to the first album, which was officially their second album. Oh, well, i got to find this. I didn't know that even happened. Where in the Phoenix song, they apologize for the pick of Destiny. Okay. Say, like, we, you thought we were down and out, but here we're, we're back. All right. It's not as good as the first album, but it's enjoyable. Let me look it up, because now i got to hear it. Anyway, Season Curly's is from that? Uh, yeah, he goes through the drive-thru, and he's like, you know... He keeps ordering things. It's so, it's so funny, and you would you would love it so much. He's just Jack Black, so he's ordering food, and he'll order like a lot of food, and then feel really guilty about it immediately. <laughs> so he'll be like, uh, "Do a large soda, or whatever." Then he's like, uh, "Can I get half diet, half regular in this?" <laughs> then uh, just everything he says is great. And then he goes, uh, "Can I get a uh, bacon cheeseburger, please?" And he goes, "Excuse me, a junior bacon cheese." Junior bacon cheese. Sure. Bacon cheese. There's no funnier way to say junior bacon cheeseburger than junior bacon cheese. And uh, and then at one point he says seasoned curlies, I'm assuming. Yeah. He goes, can I get some curly fries, please? Seasoned curlies. You're going to have to give it a listen. I love it. I think uh, it influenced a lot of the way I speak because I listened to it every day when I was a kid. I've heard a lot of Not that kid, first 16. album, but I've never heard that sketch. Yeah. Big fan. You know, uh, my the favorite... kid on Workaholics, how does he not, Adam Devine, how does he not pay Jack Black 10% of his salary? I think Adam Devine's very funny, but, like, he's doing Jack Black, how note does, for note. How does anybody not pay anybody what they owe them? It's true, I but mean, he is, everything he's is a little just... too much on the I nose. agree. No I'm, no, I'm not disagreeing with you. But the um, here's the thing. Uh, my favorite Tenacious D sketch is the one where Cage is sitting outside. This is a video sketch. Yeah. Where he's standing outside with a uh, poster board that says "Blowjobs five dollars." <laughs> I think I saw it. Yeah. And then Jack Black pulls him pulls over and with sunglasses on, and he goes, "Hey man, you know I'm looking to party." <laughs> yeah. KG gets in the car, blows Jack Black, not realizing it's Jack Black because he has sunglasses on. <laughs> Jack Black comes. They literally take a <laughs> bottle of Luberderm and just squirt it into the air yeah. to, to yeah. simulate Jack Black jizzing. Jack Black takes off the sunglasses. KG goes. <laughs> Oh, man, it's you, Jack. And then he goes, you don't have five fucking bucks. <laughs> or is Jack the one that blows him? I think Jack blows KG. <laughs> uh, they played that when I saw them in concert. They played that. That's it's an amazing sketch. 
I saw, if you want to talk about a great classic early 2000s concert, it was Weezer headlining, uh, Tenacious D below them, and Jimmy Eat World as the opener. It's one of the best shows I've ever seen. I mean, you lost me at Jimmy Eat World. I love Jimmy Eat World, especially the middle albums. Uh, The middle is their big pop hit. How's that one go? It just takes some time, little Uh, girl, you're in a minute. Which, okay, I can see how you get sick of that beautiful song. But the rest of that album, many other other songs, you would enjoy. I have a feeling. How dare you? They're great. You don't know what I would or wouldn't enjoy. You don't fucking know me. Well, thank Christ. You fucking asshole. Thank Christ. You don't know shit about me. Joe's drinking again, gang. (laughs) (laughs) So are you. Daddy's home from the factory, gang. You're drinking, too. I'm having a A gluten-free beer. That's good. Yeah, and I have a glass of white wine. All right. That's all. Like I'm swigging out of a flask, (sighs) which I'm not above. No. I'm sure you'll be swinging out of the flask by the end of this. Swinging out of the flask is what I just said, folks. Hey. That sounds like a good name for an album. Like a like Swinging a, out of the flask. Like a Brian Setzer orchestra. With BSO. Uh, album. Swinging out of the flask. Yeah. Uh, well, let me talk about Hail Caesar for a moment. Um, I want to see it again. I think no Coen Brothers movie you can figure out and make your mind up on until you see it a second time. That's when A Serious Man became one of my favorites of theirs because I got way more into it the second time. Uh, Clooney, I'm tired of him working with the Coens. I think they can do better. I like when they give really funny character parts to people who are not necessarily that kind of actor. Right. George Clooney, I, I'm sick of it. I've seen it. I know he's kind of funny enough. Doesn't mean I want to see him in every fucking comedy. Right. Uh, same with fucking Brad Pitt, by the way. That said. I will say Brad Pitt steals the show in Burn After Reading. Burn After Reading, no question. I mean, Brad Pitt and Clooney, too. Clooney And fucking Richard Jenkins, who is amazing in everything. And Clooney's off the in my opinion, off the charts in, in Burn After Reading. I got a yeah. problem with my larynx. Yeah, No, he's great. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little tired of it, as, I, right. as I'm tired of DiCaprio and Scorsese. You know, you want to see people work with different kinds of people. Uh, Jonah Hill's in one scene. Uh-huh. Kind of funny, nothing else. Christopher Lambert was in a scene, the Highlander himself. Christopher uh, Le- Chris Lambert is in this film. He's in it. Scar Joe. He's often quite funny. Ray Fiennes is great. And the who steals the movie is... Channing Tatum, for one, he does a musical gay, like, sailor dancing number that was amazing. Right. And sings pretty well, and he's really funny in it. Right. And then the other new guy who's playing, like, the cowboy in the trailers is off the charts funny, and I think it's going to be a big star for him. How's my boy JB? Josh Brawls. Boring, to be honest with you. That's, I hate to hear that. Brolin was huge fan. Brolin was perfect for No Country for Old Men. He can't do any bigger characters than that. I like Josh Brolin. Uh, I found him to be the only redeeming and immensely enjoyable part of that that shitty P.T. Anderson movie. Inherent Vice. Absolutely agree. Yeah, the way he's sucking that fucking popsicle. And Martin Short. I didn't even get to the Martin Short part because I couldn't get through the goddamn movie. Yeah, it was uh, not not fun. Yeah, what are you going to do? Hail Caesar I liked. I also, at the theater, on the aisle this week with DeRosa and Walsh, I saw a little movie called Dirty Grandpa, folks. I mean, now you... Dirty Grandpa. You've been waiting to tell me about this. Now, now for those of you listening at home that don't know Pat Walsh on a personal level, know this. He's the type of guy that will text you several times in a week 
asking you almost desperately, please go see <laughs> no, Dirty Grandpa square. with me. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to see this movie. Yeah. And he's not saying, like, it'll be funny because it's it will go ironically. and No, I don't do that. We'll shit. get, like, drunk before and it'll be a hoot. He really wants to go and see if it's any good. Uh, and then, of course, you I think went it to says something it. beautiful about me as a human that I'm optimistic about things. I texted you the day after, so I said, "How was Dirty Grandpa?" You said, "Disturbingly bad." Yeah, it was off the charts bad, folks. And but I am glad I saw it. Sorry. I went with uh, our buddies Jake Wiseman, Matt Ingebrets, and Brian DeGuire. Uh I saw it with Brian De Palma. <laughs> okay, myself. But that was worth it. He kept saying he wanted more split screen and lesbian action in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cocaine. Kept kept asking why there weren't more chase scenes. Yeah. Well, there certainly couldn't have been more cocaine in uh, Dirty Grandpa. Was there a lot of cocaine stuff? A lot of cocaine, ecstasy, Xanax, uh, everything. Okay. Now the movie's gone out again. We're still here with you, folks. Um the Dirty Grandpa, Robert De Niro just completely goes for it. He never looks embarrassed, which is embarrassing. And what I think happened is there's no way he knew any of the references in this movie. So De Niro's like, oh, you know, this this reminds me of like Queen Latifah taking a shit on a sewer grate. Oh, yeah, stuff like that. And I just imagine Robert De Niro would just like look out of frame and be like, what's the line again? And they tell him and he goes, hey, Queen Latifah taking a shit on a sh- I don't think he thinks about anything he's saying for a moment in the movie. It sounds like he's just dryly reading a script at the first glance, first time he's seen these words. Oh, that's upsetting. Efron is beyond bland and boring and should not be a movie star, although, of course, he's a good-looking guy. I've had enough. You're not a comedy actor, Zach. Uh, This is upsetting. I'm getting upset. Well, are you excited for Neighbors 2? No, but I didn't despise Neighbors 1. I hated Neighbors 1. I would say it was the worst of theirs for sure. I hated that movie. It was really haphazardly written and I didn't care for it. And I'm not shitting on Seth Rogen and those guys. I like a lot of the stuff they do but I hated that fucking movie. Um, Uh, But yeah, it was really bad but maybe because I was there with comedians and people who like to study comedy we talked about it for a good 45 minutes afterwards and about how depressed we all felt by it and how sort of lazy and sad and desperate it was and like de niro there's a gay black guy that rolls with them and de niro calls this guy like every name in the book he says insanely hateful uh things against gay people to his face that aren't funny and there's no like bounce to them it's not like when bad santa says something and it's funny because they wrote it funny he just says these awful racist things into this guy's eyes the audience is so silent. Well, what? Like, give me one. And then the gay black guy never says anything in response. So you just sit there and watch the hurt on this poor gay black man's face as he registers the hate being spewed by De Niro. The, what's one of the things he says? And he doesn't respond. Well, I, I, w- I wouldn't repeat them, but it's just, the whole movie is like, oh, I bet you want to gargle this guy's cock, huh? Like, all this kind of shit. And you're like, okay, none of this is really funny, but I know the black guy's going to get back at De Niro. But he doesn't. He never gets back. He never says a word in retaliation. They, it's like when David Spade's telling Chris Farley you're a big, fat piece of shit. It's funny because Chris Farley tries to come back at him. Right. Like, Or makes a joke back. or they, He says, well, you're an asshole, and they go back and forth. This was an old man hurling racial epithets 
and sexist things at people, and then you sort of watching the hurt absorb on their face. Terrible. In a comedy. I don't like the sound of this. We were so blown away by it, and it was interesting, and I'm glad I saw it, because you couldn't believe what they do in this movie. It was like it was like watching Birth of a Nation. It was a study in Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, at one point De Niro beats up a gang, which is an actual gang, of seven black guys. He beats the shit out of all of them, except two in the back are just standing there watching. I heard you complaining about this yesterday. You were really mad about Maybe the Maybe I wasn't clear. He beats the shit out of seven guys and then there's two just standing there like not fighting. No, what are you, you guys doing? You made that clear yesterday. You were really they going They haven't on heard what this. I said. I, I know. I'm just saying, for the audience's sake, you were really hung up on the logistics of how yeah. this fight would have went down. My, my overall point here, and I realize that makes no sense if you haven't seen it, and don't see it, but there were so many things in it where you were like, how could everyone have been just asleep that day? How did no one say, wait a minute, guys, this doesn't make any sense? Or, hey, this joke's terrible. Let's come up with I a mean, new one. You, you work in television. You have to ask that question? Yeah. No, it, I mean, no, we've, I all, we've all worked in television. It's, it, not we've all, no, but we've you all. and I, you, we all in this room. Two people on this couch. <sighs> you, know, we, we, you know how it happens. It's, you know, everybody says something, and this has got to change, and this has got to change. And then people tap out, and people say, fuck this. And yeah. Eventually, it gets to the finished product, and it's terrible. Yeah. You know, so um, yeah, the director was this guy Dan Mazur, who was Sasha Baron Cohen's writing partner and helped do all those movies with him. Like, these are people who knew comedy, wasn't working. That's a shame, man. That's really a shame. I hate to hear it. It happens, Joe. It happens. Yeah, it's it's a shame. I regret writing and directing Dirty Grandpa. <laughs> I Constable. just read. I read an interview with T.J. Miller, who we've known, yeah, for quite from before when back when i we could say we know him when wbw baby but way re- back when i read an interview with him about deadpool which i'm not sure if i want to see or not i've decided i am excited to see it i because my problem with all the marvel movies is they take themselves too seriously and this doesn't if the jokes suck then i won't like it but maybe it's going to be funny i don't I, know. I don't think the marvel movies take themselves too seriously uh i think I think they get a bit masturbatory, to be honest with you. They get very, like, pleased with their humor and everything. Yeah, and they, they're two hours and 45 minutes. Well, that's stupid. But So I don't, I'm, not, I'm not against Deadpool. I, I love Ryan Reynolds. I, I want to support. Boy, that guy's been in need of a good vehicle for 15 fucking years. He's so talented. He either as a bad agent or the other people above him get the offers first. Right. Well, in any case, I'm not against seeing the film. I just don't know if I'm excited about it. But I read an interview with T.J. Miller where he talked about the jokes that were too much for the movie that had get, gotten cut. Uh-huh. And he was only allowed to give an example of one or two. Apparently the studio said, don't talk about these. They were cut for a reason. Right. Uh, but one of them that was apparently too much was when he's, like, telling him what he looks like, how bad his face looks. Yeah. He goes, "You, it looks like your neck took a shit and then grew ears. Something like that. Or, or somebody that joke a, was too much for the American somebody took public? a shit on your shoulders and then it grew then it grew ear yeah that's what I was confused about you got billboards up all around town I don't know if they have these where you live folks but out here in La La Wood billboards yeah probably they got they got Deadpool billboards everywhere that literally say wait till they get a load of me like that like the sexual innuendo is almost not even innuendo a, a load of jizz you're saying. Somebody, I don't know who did it on Twitter, but somebody doctored one of the Deadpool billboards in, like, Photoshop and said, 
you know, like they're really going too far with this Deadpool marketing and the 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 thing they put on it, it was Deadpool laying there and it just said, I shoot bullets and come. <laughs> Deadpool. Well, what was the uh like I don't understand. He's saying wait till they get a load of me, but is he coming in the photo or what No, it's just he's saying load. It's very Beavis and Buttheady. Okay. All right. But my point is, is... I don't know Deadpool's style of humor. I know on the trailer, the, the, this girl beats the shit out of somebody, and he goes, Ooh, uh, I'd hate to be the guy who tries to rape her on prom night. And I was like, that's not a funny joke. Is that in the commercial? In the trailer. It's, I guess I assume it was a Red Band trailer, but... Yeah, don't try to have four sex with her on prom night. I'm like, Deadpool! Which does he say? You're rape than or that, four baby. sex? He says four sex, I believe. I can't believe a comic book movie is rated R. I don't think a comic book movie has been rated R since the original Punisher film starring Dolph Lundgren. Lungy, baby. Was Darkman uh, a comic book? No. I love the movie. It's a comic book style movie, but it's not. It's a superhero movie, but I don't believe that was ever a comic book. Yeah. That's Sam Raimi's at his best. Big fan. Uh, Simple Plan is his best, but yes, go on. But I'm saying, I'm not saying that's his best film. I'm just saying that's him top of his game. He does a really great job with that movie. Speaking of your boy Liam Neeson, your girl Francis McDormand, hell of a flick, and your boy I love it. It's on Netflix actually. Your boy, uh, what's his face that played uh, Larry the, Drake? Larry Drake, yeah, has only ever. I think I've seen almost every Larry Drake movie. Only ever plays a retarded man or yeah. a villainous scumbag. There's no, I mean, talk about you know an what odd typecasting. We got to write a movie where we can cast him as a retarded villainous scumbag, <laughs> <laughs> mentally handicapped, folks. By the way. Uh, <laughs> I'd go see that movie, and you know Larry Drake will do it. What the hell's Larry What's Drake this actor's been? name? The guy from Rome. I, I like don't him. know. I'm calling Daniel Radcliffe Harry Potter. Yeah. By the way, let's get back to the film we're watching. Okay. This so, is perhaps a molestation attempt brewing. We're watching The Woman in Black, folks, starring Daniel Radcliffe. This is the remake of the Hammer classic, The Woman in Black. I remember when I tried to rent this movie. I misspoke at the counter at Blockbuster, and I said, do you have the black woman <laughs> for rent? They didn't know what I was talking about. Yeah. Looking for a black woman? Told me to get out of the store. Thought, was, I, was being, yeah. thought I was being racially provocative. Sure. Uh, you were singing Brown Sugar by the well, Rolling Stones. It's odd that this guy's got paintings of small boys on his walls. Couldn't agree more. Unless it's his son. He actually looks a bit like my dad, whoever this actor is. He's a great actor. I can't think of who he is, though. He's from Rome. He's on the show Rome, and then he was in every movie ever made for like 10 years. I never watched Rome because that was my breaking point. Rome's great. That was my brief breaking point with HBO because they had, at that point, released too many sure, TV sure shows. HBO was devastated. mortified yeah. to hear that you, you had left. They had released too many TV shows that opened with a, a credit sequence that was clearly done in After Effects. Right. And some sort of <laughs> kind of like Middle Eastern-y <laughs> Passion of the Christ kind of music. And by the time they got to Rome, I was like, I can't do this anymore. It just feels like the opening to Carnival. And I, yeah. You know? That was really weird when Carnival started with... <laughs> Joe's very tasteful recreation of the theme to Rome. Well, I I was actually I think doing the carnival theme. Yeah. The uh I think there was the theme to how to make it in America. <laughs> a show yeah. about making jeans. <laughs> I like that they just did a close up cutaway of the 
painting of the boy. Now they're doing a second closet. Yeah, and that's not supposed to be funny, although it is kind of odd. Yeah. Uh, the master of the house here, who was also in Rome, master as you pointed out, has a bit of an Alan Rickman vibe. He does. I still find myself getting quite sad that Alan Rickman is dead. I just think about him and I get sad. He was one of the best. I feel like I could do an Alan Rickman impression if I really tried. Well, I used to do on Vine a, a recurring sketch called Pool Party at Alan Rickman's House. All right, do it. Where he would be... Uh, all right, let me think. Friendly reminder that there is to be no intercourse in the jacuzzi. <laughs> Thank you. There you go. That's great. That's really good. Intercourse. Hold, you hold your asses. Um, That's really good. Hey, Alan. Do I you either any... do it really well or really bad. Alan, do you have any more checks mix? <laughs> yeah. Are you sure you wouldn't prefer the muddy buddies? <laughs> Which is the best kind of checks mix. That's very funny. It's muddy buddies with the chocolate. Yeah, puppy chow is another name for it. Muddy yeah, buddies it to me sounds like a think pair of, of underwear covered in shit. That's yeah. exactly my point. It makes me think of shit. <laughs> yeah, like you ask, "Hey, honey, can you go uh, clean up Brian? I think he's got a case of the muddy buddies." Yeah. Uh oh, I got to get out of this party. I've had a muddy buddy. <laughs> you ever show yourself, Joe? More times than I'd like to remember. Oh wow. Uh, never like I can't control my bowels and I've now shit myself. I wish I had a diaper on, but yeah. laying in bed, probably sick, right? Flu, whatever, and I push a fart out and I get too, oh, I get too way too confident, <sighs> and and then you got to miss. Wow! And then you just got to lay there in it for hours, uh, yeah, which is the worst don't. part. I wish you had called me because you, you didn't have to do that. <sighs> I uh. I did not. I was getting off the highway once coming home from Vegas, and if you miss this one turn off, the next one's like an hour and 20 minutes. And sure enough, about 10 minutes into that jaunt, I was like, oh, no. But I wasn't about to turn back because you just want to get home from Vegas as quickly as possible. So I'm like, I can make it an hour. Not not true. So I'm like, okay, this is a problem. And I parked my car outside of this bathroom, and there was a huge line because it's like the one stop. There's two gas stations across the street from each other. And I pushed my way through everyone to the front of the line. And I just yelled in this woman's face, I'm really sorry. It's an emergency. I'm really sorry. And everyone in the line got it. Nobody gave me any shit. No pun intended. And the guy comes out. And I jump in there. And as I'm walking in, the guy looks me in the eye and goes, sorry, man. I go, what? I open there. And this is how much of a germ freak I am. It looked like he had been throwing shit. (laughs) Around the bathroom, and I was so disgusted that I almost vomited, but I also was about to go to the bathroom. Right. And I looked at it, and I was like, even in my state, I cannot do this. And I sprinted, taking a chance, a big chance, to the gas station across the street. I got their little, like, paddle wheel attached to a key. I threw it open. It was immaculate, and I thanked Christ that I had made it. And you made it. And I made it. So you didn't shit your pants. But even if I had, I would have felt good about not going in this bathroom. I thought that was going to end with you shitting your pants. No, that's the closest I've come. I've never actually crossed the threshold. Uh, I was in... uh, Oh, there's more stories. Where the hell was I? Church. Denmark. Denmark. Or Norway. I did a tour over there a little while back. And uh, we were on the road. Tour drop. Yeah, we were on the road, and I had an attack... 
because I had eaten at a McDonald's over there, which not that it was not clean or not good or whatever. The weird thing about McDonald's over there is they try to make it taste like you made it at your house. Yeah. Which is fucking gross. It makes it worse for some reason. Right. But I went to your house and, and you, you came over here and I was like, and you didn't know what a Big Mac was. And I was like, hey, man, I got to put these two patties on a roll with yeah. some Thousand Island dressing. You'd be like, this is disgusting. Yeah. Get it out of my face. So uh, anyway, I ate this stuff, and I, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to – it was, was an emergency. And I went in every stall. There were Now, the nice thing about it over there was the doors for the stalls and the rest up, floor to ceiling. You're fully in a closet. Wow. Which is beautiful. You never get that in the restroom at a, at a public place. No. Uh, but everyone I went into, the first one was no way, and then each consecutive one was worse than the last one. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a real problem. I, and I, well, here's women don't I understand. I don't think how bad guys' restrooms get. I shit, I shit standing up. I had to stand oh. up and shit facing the door. And two things happen when you do that. Number one, you feel like your eyes are going to shoot out of your head. Right. The pressure. The pushing and the pressure is insane. <laughs> the second yeah. thing, you th- it's three things. The second thing you think of is if somebody manages to get this door open, I'm going to be knocked out. Right, right. The third thing is if somebody gets in here and I'm not knocked out, I'm already <laughs> in prime, like, rape condition. Uh-huh. Ass is out. I'm standing up with it perked, perked up in the air. <laughs> because odds are somebody's going to open a restroom door and just go straight well, into rape mode. Your only defense is that you could shit on the guy. <laughs> but then if he's okay. got a really bad fetish, you're in trouble. I <laughs> think the, the odds for this are about at Powerball levels. The odds well, let happen. me tell you, when you're in that five-minute span of experiencing it, those odds don't seem that crazy. Okay, okay. It's very, especially if you're in another country where you don't really know the language. It's a little frightening. Right. But I got through it. I shit, and, and then I was like, oh, the... I think this is how they shit in Asia. They shit standing up, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I believe. Thought, well, why not? Well, yeah. they squat, I think. I think some of those bathrooms, it's very... You stand, like, like you hover over it. Yeah, and I, that's what I was doing. I was kind of squatting. Okay. Couldn't sit on it. I mean, it is an immaculate country. I mean, you could eat off the streets, yet the bathroom stalls are like... Yeah. The most beautiful people I've ever seen. I didn't, it made no sense. You realize you still haven't told us what country this is. Oh, I had a few guesses. I think it was Denmark. I can't fucking remember. Joe's stories are great because of his his attention to detail. What do I give a shit? You know, I'm ready to check out of this whole thing anymore. (laughs) I don't care. Uh, Finland, who gives a shit? That's how Joe sets the scene for his debut novel. (laughs) I think I was in Finland, Denmark. I don't know. Who gives a shit? It actually is a good first sentence. It is a great sentence. It's very Bukowski. Yeah. Yeah. You know, very yeah. honest. This guy writes from the heart. Okay. You know, we're all going to die. What's it matter? Boy, that's the truth, isn't it? Ain't it, though? I was thinking today, you double my age, I'm pretty much dead. So, like, if I, once I live <laughs> what I've already lived, I'll be close to death. That's crazy. Well, I'm 38, and I figure if I can get at least another 30 years out of this thing, I'd be pretty happy. But, yeah. uh, you know, I, I'd like to get more than that. I'd like to get another 50, 60 I'm 35. I think I'm going to hit probably 75, 80. Why do you got think a history that? of heart problems in my family. You know, now a history of mind problems on my mom's side. It's just a, co- a recipe for disaster. Well, we, you're giving yourself a pretty liberal age for a guy that's a, for a lunatic with a heart problem. <laughs> I 
<laughs> not a lunatic. But you will be. Yeah, no, definitely. definitely. You're not going to be remembered to take those blood thinners. What are you going to do? I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. I, I think get a plan I'll be fine. Order. I think I have a lot less stress in my life than the men in my family who have preceded me because they were all men who I admire a great deal, but they were really scrounging for that next paycheck every single week. Maybe they wouldn't put food on their family's table. Maybe they wouldn't. Hard-working men. My dad was doing a lot of drywall construction. I've had a much more charmed life. You know what I'm saying? Sure. That puts a lot less miles on a man. Well, theoretically. You might call me a pussy, some might say. I'm not, but theoretically. But you also work in television, which I, which I would say could be the most stressful of all industries. Ah, fair enough. It can be mentally taxing, sure. But uh, right now, my life's not that stressful. I truly hope you don't die of some kind of heart mental condition. <laughs> Thank you. It would break my heart to see you out on the streets talking to yourself in a bathrobe. Yeah. I'd uh, say we're maybe three, four years away from that happening. Good. That's good. Uh, if you're watching the movie with us, folks, Daniel Radcliffe is now going through a box of letters. He's inside the woman in black. We have not had a woman in black sighting yet. No. Which is odd because I feel as if we've been watching this film for four minutes. hours. <laughs> Where are my women in black at? How long has this been on? Did there you see is... Crimson Peak? We talked about no. it. I like Crimson Peak, but like the, the beginning of Crimson Peak, the woman, uh, this creepy old woman, is telling her daughter, she's like, I'm going to die now, but beware of Crimson Peak. Beware of Crimson Peak. There's like ten times throughout the movie this ghost of this old woman comes to her and is like, always beware for Crimson Peak is at hand. Then she and mar- what is Crimson Peak? She marries this guy. The first place he takes her is this blood red mountain. And she's like, yeah, all right, looks pretty cool to me. Let's stay here. It's a red mountain. It's like a red mountain. I go, you tell me to look out for Crimmy Peas. Here we are. I'm looking out for Crimmy Peas. So what is the thing to beware? Now, let me guess what the movie is about. All right. It was a beautiful looking movie, yes. but kind of stupid. I didn't watch it. It's be- worth watching. I didn't care to see it because it didn't look at all scary to me. It looked like a graphic novel, and I thought this will probably look pretty, but I don't care. You're right. Uh, but it looked real pretty. Okay, so first thing first. I was right about that. Let me guess what the plot is. Okay. Uh, the brother and sister have to kill the wife of the brother as some sort of sacrifice to the haunted house. And the brother and sister might, may or may not be sexually involved. You're not that far off at all. Well, tell me then. No, you're not that far off. I mean, to say any more than that would be kind of spoiling it. You I'm saying spoil it. I'm, I don't care. But what our listeners might. It's not well, out on we're DVD saying yet. spoiler alert. It's all right, Joe. That's all I really remember. They're they're happening. I mean, they try to kill her, and they're bad, and they're brother and sister who might be sexually into each other. Okay. I don't believe that's all you remember. Did you notice how the road to the island where Daniel Radcliffe is staying is buried? Yeah. Underwater. Submerged. What did you think of Shutter Island? Uh, I like Shutter Island. I thought it was interesting. Um, I'm always a little disappointed when in the end it just turns out to be... Uh, mind. Like it's, yeah, it was all in his head and he's crazy. Even though even, even though it all came together very clever. Yeah. Is it cleverfully or cleverly? Cleverly. Cleverly. You know, when you're like, oh, that person was his nurse, and this was that, and what, that was cool, but um, but I, I liked it. You know, for Scorsese, you know, first time out into the into the world of horror and suspense, it was it was impressive. I gotta say, I really fucking loved it. And when I watched it again recently, I really fucking loved it. 
Really? I think a lot of times with a movie like that, you know, and I bet Shyamalan could benefit from this as well, is you're so built up for the twist or the thing at the end or, like, what your expectations are of the movie that if you watch a movie a second time, a lot of times you know where it's going and you can really respect it a lot more. I do that all the time. Who else is in Crimson Peak? I don't even remember. Zodiac became one of my favorite uh, movies. I I watched it over and over and over. Who else is in Shutter Island? Excuse me. It is DiCaprio. It is... Uh, who's the old guy in it? Cromwell? James Cromwell? That might be wrong. Is Totoro in it? No. Is Jackie Earl Haley in it? Yes, Jackie Earl Haley he is. is. He is. And okay. uh, Heath Ledger's wife, Michelle Williams. Yes, that's right. She's that like, was a real intense scene when she drowns her fucking kids in that movie. But she's Spoiler like alert. the nurse in the end, right? Yeah. She's right. not a bad guy at the end. I think that's bad right. Bad gal. I don't want to say it. Fair enough. I tell you, the more I have to take in, the more stress, as we talked about, mental stress, the less I remember about movies. They're like Specific plot details I would have been able to rattle off for every movie I've ever seen in my life. And now I just let stuff out. I don't need to remember the specific plot of Shutter Island. Sure. I loved it, and I'll move on. I, at one point in my life, was able to tell you the real name of every contemporary rapper. Yeah. Because okay. I was such a rap fan, and, and where they were from. Right. Uh, easily you could have hit me with anybody i could have told you their name yeah uh barely remember now at this point can you still do your states and caps which i used to be a master of and no. that would probably fail never knew my states and caps never cared to <laughs> yeah didn't see the point i was sort of known as and again folks i hate to brag i was kind of known as the states and caps guy in like third grade i knew them all baby uh i i I knew I mean, about I secret states that care. they never told the world about and right. what their capitals were. Couldn't care less. Don't see the point in knowing the states and caps. Yeah. Couldn't point out most states on a map. I know yeah. where the big ones are. Your key states, your Californias, your New Yorks, your Floridas, your Texases. Yeah. Here's the, You want to hear this joke that I just in my mind wrote for Woody Allen? Sure. Maybe, maybe I can get it on his new Netflix series, whatever the hell it is, Amazon. Uh, Amazon. We're giving him more. Is he going to be in it? Yeah, with Miley Cyrus. He's in it? Yeah, I hope. hopefully not fucking Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus is in it? Yeah, it's those two. It's the two of them? Yeah. Oh, that's great. And he's writing and directing it? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I love and it. And Elaine May is in it, who is a comedy genius. I love Elaine May so yeah. much. Oh, that's great. I love it. Good. Anyway, here's here's the joke I just wrote for Woody Allen. I, I guess you could say I live in two states, uh, New York and... Uh, and confusion. God, it's a horrible joke. <laughs> Two states in New York and anxiety. Is that better? <sighs> no. In a, a you, state you of anxiety. See, you see it. The you see it coming from a mile away. You got to mask it oh, a little better. Fuck you. I just came up with it. You got to mask it a little better. You put that in his joke tonight, and it kills. Tonight. Uh, this is this is how you got to do that one. You He's probably go, playing clarinet somewhere. You got to go a uh, little bit, little bit of back, about me. My background uh, was born in the state of New York. Uh, eventually, I took up residence in the state of turmoil. That's how you do that joke. Okay, that's how you do that. That's joke, how he Joe. would do it. We go out there and we see. Let the public decide. <laughs> we'll let the guy who lives above you, who almost spat in my hair tonight, decide. <laughs> Well, folks, here it is. The first ever We'll See You in Elk contest. Send your votes to Twitter. Who had the better version of the Woody Allen joke? (laughs) 
I don't think I'm going to win this one, but that's fine. Um, I was. I the guy didn't spit at me. The guy who lives above Joe spat a loogie that just missed my. Kind hand. of upsets me that the upstairs neighbor is hocking snotty loogies off of the balcony. He missed me. He wasn't aiming for me. I know. That's an important just, thing you know, to know. There's only six of us that live here. It's like you know. Yeah, it wasn't a great way to to come see an old friend. But well, he also doesn't live there. He's just visiting. Okay. So Probably listening to us, know. waiting to spit on me when I leave. Yeah, you can probably hear every word we're saying. As you can hear, there's not there's not a problem with noise transfer in this apartment. No. Folks, I've moved into a one-bedroom, and I mean, you just hear everything yeah, everywhere. And it's been a good exercise for my nerves because I'm not going crazy, even though I wake up every morning at 7 a.m. and haven't had a decent night's sleep in two yeah. months. Uh, and and by the way, I'm not saying like, oh, 7 a.m., oh, boo-hoo-hoo. I'm saying my job, I work at night mostly, so... You know, my eight hours ends at like 10 a.m. usually. And uh, I'm not getting that. I'm not even getting anywhere near near close to that. I feel like I have a kid. Maybe that's what this experience is about. I'm, maybe I should just go have a baby now because I'll be used to waking up. I said this on the last podcast. Maybe the two of us need to have babies Ugh, with I other people. want to kill myself. Could you imagine anything <sighs> worse? <laughs> I mean, friends that have kids, they seem happy. I, I can't do it. I couldn't do it. It, does, it doesn't appeal to me. Yeah, woman I work with, I was like, how was your weekend? She goes, uh, my son just shat in my bed. Kid's like 10 years old, took a shit in her bed. He shit in her bed. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if I can deal with all that. Really? There's only one guy shitting in my bed, and that's me, baby. And that's moi. And sadly, my girlfriend as well. We both have pretty severe issues with it well she's not a guy so that doesn't count right she's a gal uh have you seen any movies lately that you enjoyed joe well i believe we said we were going to talk about this i watched good night mommy yeah and i thought it was a blast and you hated it and i'm surprised by that look it was very well acted yeah it was very well shot it was very well written Okay, that all sounds pretty uh, good to me. The folks. reveal at the end of how it all kind of came together was well executed. This is a rave review. Well, look, my problem was I signed on. Now, now I don't care. I'm going to say the spoilers. If you don't want to hear this, cover your ears. I signed on for a movie about two kids thinking the woman in their house was not their mother. It was a lunatic imposter. Within three minutes of the movie beginning, it becomes painfully obvious that one of the brothers does not exist, uh, that this is not going to be what the movie is about. It was not obvious to me, but I'm still. It was within five minutes. I'm not exaggerating. Within five minutes, I was like, oh, so that other brother's dead. Okay. And like, I don't and like to ruin movies for myself. I let them wash over me. So anyway, I didn't try to. It just popped in my head because it was so obvious. Right. She's never talking to the son. She doesn't know who has two kids. Uh, she doesn't make the other kid food. I mean, it's it's like it's like that's like the first three scenes. You're like, all right. So anyway, so that that was too obvious, and I thought, okay, well, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. Maybe that's what they want me to think. And then it's like, no, not really. That's just kind of what it is. Um, and then. It becomes very obvious soon after that, like, that this is their mother, clearly, and she's experienced some kind of traumatic event, and this is why she's acting so strangely. And then it starts to become even more clear, like, oh, the mother's not acting that strangely. The kid is fucked up. There's something wrong with this kid. Yeah, I and really then, loved that journey of a movie. And then it I thought it was very cool. And then it turns into a torture movie. Yeah. 
And it's just this depraved thing where you're like, okay, so this kid's a psycho, and I just feel horrible for this woman now. It's like terrible. I, like I'm like, oh, I don't want to watch this. I was excited about this scary thriller where it was like, this fucking crazy lady lives in our house. We don't know who she is. Well, every movie doesn't have to put you at ease, Joe. I don't know. I, I don't like stuff like that. Why don't you go watch that uh, log in front of a fireplace for a couple hours? Calm yourself. <laughs> Hostel is the only movie that involves like torture and stuff that I like. I loved Hostel and, and Hostel 2 starring BG Phillips, who I made out with once. I didn't care for Hostel 2, but I like Hostel 1 quite a bit. And the main reason I love Hostel 1 is because there's vengeance at the end. Like the kid gets the kid gets yeah. his gives oh. them their comeuppance and you're rooting for him and it's exciting and you want him to win in the end. Right. Whereas with Goodnight Mommy it's like it's just like oh no, so nobody wins. It was a nihilistic movie. It's just sure. it's just like typical of a lot of like the overseas horror movies where it's like it's going to be this one thing for a little while, and then it's going to turn out to not be that, and it's just going to be somebody depravedly torturing somebody well, for, for 45 the minutes. The best version of that's Audition. Audition's I hate fucking Audition. Awesome. I, I fucking it. loved Audition. I hate it. To me, that's one of the best horror movies I ever made. I hate it. It's not a horror movie. I actually screamed when I saw Audition. I hate it. Look, I I'm going to put noise. pins in his eyeballs. Oh, okay, great. So this is like just like an but awful that, news Joe, story. That's part of horror, too. Um, like that's a part of horror you don't enjoy. That's it's fine. Not, that to me isn't horror. To me, horror has to involve. You can't just show me something disturbing and go, "That's horror," Th- because that's not entertaining to me. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. Oh, look, I'd always much rather like a Sixth Sense type movie than a fucking well, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's kind of more my thing. But here's the thing: I love Texas. But I got Chainsaw a place Massacre. in my heart for all of them. I love Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but Texas Chainsaw Massacre has suspense. It does. I'm not against slasher movies. Well, I thought Audition had a ton of suspense. Oh, it was just, it was like, okay, so she's going to be crazy, and obviously from like three quarters of weight, whatever it is. And then it's just like, she's just going to do horrible things to him now, and we just have to sit here and watch that. And you're like, <laughs> but that's why some people, some people go to horror movies. I don't know. I, I didn't care for it. I didn't care for it. That's fine. Folks, if you're going to see one of the movies in that genre, Audition's a good one to see. And so is Hostel, frankly. I thought Hostel Hostel's was the best one. Hostel's more of an action movie, really, which I thought was awesome about it. I love Hostel. I think it's I think it's a masterpiece. I think yeah. there's an, uh, I really I'll, loved it, too. I'll elaborate on what else makes Hostel such a great film that these other movies, in my opinion, don't have. There's an amazing social commentary to it about... Yeah, and a great sense of humor, The too. buying and selling of people. And a lot of nudity. Uh, the justification people make and how it's... In what ways it's okay to pay for people to give you services? Right. It was. It was. It's tremendous. It's a great movie. It's got a lot of depth to it, and uh, and I don't think those other movies do. Now, on the flip side of that, for Eli Roth, is I watched this weekend, The Green Inferno. I want to see that. I haven't seen it yet. I despised it, and I mean, here's basically my big problem with it. The whole movie's about like how people well, exactly exactly what we were talking about on the last episode of this podcast, how people will like get on a cause and be all about it, but never do anything more than just like update their Facebook status. You know, it's like right. what you're doing actually less than nothing by saying on your Facebook, you know, power to Paris or whatever. Um, okay. That's what the movie was supposed to be about, starting from that point. He puts these people 
really through the ringer. So clearly the movie should be like they're going to go on some really expensive senior trip. You can keep the same beginning where they're very insensitive about these issues, but they're all like pretend and do their drum circles so it seems like they're interested in this shit. Okay. You have them go on like an expensive vacation and the plane crashes in this cannibalistic society that's like these tribes that they claim to want to help, but they've never done anything about it. All right. I that, it so far. That to me would be a very interesting movie. What actually happens is they are activists and they set up trips to like stand with guns to their head and try to stop the destruction of rainforest. So they go, uh, their plane crashes, and it's like, but these aren't fake activists. They went to the Amazon and stood in front of guns. Right. To like stop this place from being torn down. So when they're punished by all these cannibals who are literally eating them while they're alive, eating their brains and arms and legs and everything for hours, you know, then it would mean something. Sure. Like it just, it really was like, these are people who are trying to actually do something good and now they're going to get eaten where the whole point and in interviews that I've read with him since, cause I was so frustrated by the movie. He's like, this movie is a straight on critique of doing nothingism or whatever, whatever you call it. Fake divism, fake or something. Uh, hacktivism, something like that. Okay. Uh, he said it's got to be a, a direct critique of that, but it's just not because these aren't people updating their f- like if they were like I hate. Let's say okay. Here's the short Twilight Zone version of it. A little girl writes on her Facebook. Um, Everyone, please support the Amazon rainforest. Send your money. I love them. Whatever. Right. Then she goes on a trip, lands in the Amazon, and they eat her. She didn't do it. You know, okay, she's getting punished for not caring. But you can't have this woman do a lot of activist work. Right. And start to, like, really get into charity and, like, thinking about people other than yourselves and then have them punished by those people. Because actually the message is not only a bad message, but the message is, like, don't ever try to help people. Right. Including these poor third world countries and stuff because they're all going to eat you. Leave them to die. If that's the message of the movie, then what what the hell is that? And it made all this disgusting cannibal shit which is part of the genre, of course. But it made you just feel terrible for these people. And actually, the worst person in the movie, a guy who masturbates seconds after this girl in the cage with them is killed and eaten, and they go, why are you masturbating? And he goes, you all should do the same thing because it'll keep your mind clear. He's sitting and jacking off. So he's clearly the worst of these characters. That's disgusting. And he is never killed. The good people in the movie are all killed one by one. It's like, what are you saying here? Uh, it sounds like the plot to the last Rambo movie. Where Except I love that one. I like the last Rambo. Yeah. And but that where, had a fucking message, too. Where those activists are going up, and they say, we want to make a change, and he warns them, you're not changing shit up there, don't go up there, and then they yeah. do, and then he has to go in and save them. Uh, and they get slaughtered. Yeah, I guess you know, it didn't bother me there because it was just such a dumb movie otherwise. Rambo. But, like... To me, Stallone is saying, like, it's not worth helping these people, um, which isn't great either. Right? Right. It doesn't bother me because Rambo is, like, a nihilist dude. Right. This movie was just, like, I don't know. It just made all the disgusting shit in it. Like, there, there's several cases in the movie of female genital mutilation that you just sit and watch. They show it to you? Yeah. I mean, not, you know, close up. Uh, it's now, just like, wh- why am I watching these people punished who are trying to help? I was listening to the Eli Roth podcast, 
He does a podcast. Or I'm sorry, I was listening to the Brett Easton Ellis podcast with sure. Quentin Tarantino, and they talked about this movie on it. And Brett Easton Ellis said the the death of the fat guy was very disturbing. It was. What was it? Tell me about it. Uh, well, he's the first one. Yeah, that's killed. what he said. But he didn't. What happens? He's a big fat guy. He's been really nice the whole movie too. Uh, they sort of make him drink this stuff. Then they lay him down, and this woman like looks like she's kind of giving him the sign of the cross, and she jams her thumb into his forehead, pulls out some brains, starts eating it. He's still alive, and like children are ripping off his legs and arms. He's still alive. She saws his tongue off. He's still alive, and they don't cut away from it. it just goes on and on and on. And he had been like a nice dude. That's it. That's it. And they all eat him. You know. Okay. It's gross. How does she manage to get her thumb through his forehead? That was not explained. Unless it was this. They they were always rubbing, like, creams on them. <laughs> Maybe they, like, loosen them up. Loosen it was up just that really gross. Bone? Yeah. I just wish I hadn't watched it. It was really gross. And uh, my favorite movie in recent years, however, is Wild Tales, which I told Joe to watch. Rented it. Fucking loved it. Yeah, my girlfriend kept running around my house going, these are some wild tales. <laughs> These tales are, are getting wilder by the minute. And they, they were. really wild. It was six wild tales, tales of revenge, Argentinian movie. It is the fucking shit. If you have a problem with foreign movies, it won't bother you. There's not a lot of subtitles. And it's just six amazing stories. I fucking loved it. You should check it out. All right. I don't think it's streaming free anywhere, but you can probably rent it for three bucks on iTunes. Or whatever. And you told me that this was a sort of a Pulp Fiction-y kind of thing. Yeah, the stories don't intertwine in that way, but it was just as, like, the stories were just as cool and surprising and everything. All right. Twisting and turning. Anybody we know in this picture, or is it no, all just it's all, overseas yeah, people? Overseas people. Okay. Who are people, too, Jim? I'm not saying they're say not. Usually. I'm not saying that, that, that. Don't you put those words in my mouth. Don't you do that to me. Don't you put those fingers in my mouth, by the way. I haven't said anything for the last hour, but <laughs> it's really... Annoying when I'm trying to speak on a podcast. Don't you put that thumb through my forehead. Insult your entire fingers and hand into my mouth. Uh, if you're watching the movie with us, uh, Daniel Radcliffe is now being haunted by the woman in black. Uh, the mattress on the bed is coming up with some sort of ghostly period scenario. <laughs> uh, and there's a figure now rising out of the puddle yeah. on the bed, which is gross. Uh and who is that figure? Is it a young boy? I believe it is. It's a child that was uh, left in mud. It looked like that. You ever seen that peanut butter baby? No, I did not. What the? It's f- a vine. I think it's like a. Uh, they've covered like a two-year-old baby from head to toe in peanut butter, and the baby like looks at the camera and is like, eh. "It's horrifying." Who it's one of the most popular vines, which co- tells you how who great a medium vine is. Who covered the baby in peanut butter? The parents, I would assume. That's not, like, abusive in some way? It probably is, but people are laughing too hard to care. Is that... That's disturbing. Yeah. All right. I mean, can he breathe and stuff? Uh, Yeah, he can breathe. He can breathe. I assume. They didn't, like, jam it in his nose. Now, after all... Harry Potter looks a bit like uh, Macaulay Culkin these days. Who? Radcliffe? Yeah. A little bit. They got a bit of he's got a bit of a Culkin vibe. Like modern day Colks. Um or now, Kieran Culkin. I'll tell you this. Uh we just watched Radcliffe experience 
sights of terror, one after the next. <laughs> he looks like he's about to fall asleep. Yeah, he's now going back out to the mainland or whatever from this island where the haunted house is. You think the director would have been like, Daniel, let's try one where you look like you've ever been scared in your entire life. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know why he goes back to the house after this. He doesn't look that scared, but what's happening now? There's, there's people f- being burned. There's a fire, and he's going in to save what I think he believes is a child inside, because in the house he saw a thing on the wall that said you could have saved him. Yeah. So I think he thinks that was a sign, and now he's going to go in here and try to save somebody from this burning building. And he just ran right in, you know, which I liked, uh, which is what I would do. That's why I liked it. I, you know, I'd be a hero like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, you see that in me, right? I, th- I mean, you know, I'd put you at a 50-50. You know, I just, I, I feel like a real hero, you know? I feel like I really have it in me. The woman and in black is there in the fire. Human being. What are you singing? A real hero. Well, we just watched a child commit <laughs> suicide by it's fire. It's also very loud. It is kind of loud, but this is the first part that's been loud because a child committed suicide, so I guess they had to <laughs> crank the music up a bit for this. A lot of smoke. He's, let me tell you, if you were in that amount of smoke, do you know how quickly you'd have smoke inhalation yeah. in that amount of smoke? Joe, do you feel it's true, the old expression, where there's smoke, there's fire? You know, I always believed in that one. Yeah. But I always equated it to STDs, as my dad sure. taught me. What does that mean? Like, if you see a bubble, there's probably going to be more bubbles in your future? No, he literally would say, if you see smoke coming out of a lady's pants, <laughs> she's probably burning. Yeah. Uh, no, I. Uh, he never said that. I. Yeah. You know, what else would there be if there was smoke? A fog machine? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I guess the expression means if you suspect something, it's probably true. Yeah. Okay. I suspect it. Well, I, I don't agree with it because I suspected that we were almost done with this movie, <laughs> and I think we're about fifty minutes in. Yeah. Uh, I am struggling right now because i stopped paying attention to the film i don't know what's happening he's even though i've seen it before just go same by same yeah even though i've seen this before i'm I'm lost i can't remember why he took this job i don't understand why he (laughs) won't leave this house they said how would you like to work in a creepy house with ghosts that are trying to kill you i i I mean uh uh, do our book work why are the (laughs) why are the ghosts showing up everywhere I don't remember that either. I think somebody killed herself in the house, right? Where is he now? He's in this guy's house? Yeah. This guy's bringing him a whiskey. Radcliffe looks like he could use a ham sandwich before he gets that whiskey. Yeah, Radcliffe does look quite emaciated. He has a very Fiona Apple vibe to him right now. Dark Shadow Potter, baby. Right? Is that Fiona Apple? Shadow Boxer, but I made it Shadow Potter. I couldn't sing one I'll Fiona be Apple your song. Shadow Potter, baby. I couldn't sing one Fiona Apple song if you had a gun to my head right now. I couldn't remember I'll be one. Be ready when you cast your spell, right? Uh, I'm gonna get Weird Al on the horn. <laughs> uh, you've if never you heard a Fiona Apple song. Fiona Apple is no, I know her songs. A gorgeous, I just, I an amazing songwriter. I couldn't recall. That's any A, of them. by the way. Gorgeous is a distant C. I couldn't recall any Less of them from memory, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, 
what, if you had to do a, a Weird Al spoof, what would you do? What song would you do? Well, I already wrote it, and it was a big hit in uh, the sixth grade. A little song called Losing My Pet Pigeon, oh, which God. is a spoof of losing my religion. No, I, I got it. You didn't need to explain. People loved it. Uh, mine was also an R.E.M. song. Really? Yeah, it was a spoof of Stand. Was it Shiny Crappy Poop Hole? God, no. That's off the top of my head. No, it was a takeoff. I get, on, I get zero from Joe. It was a takeoff. Because I want to tell you about mine, and you're just telling me more. Shiny Crappy Poop Hole? Well, I was talking off about the, the song Stand, and you're just coming in with your own ideas now. Okay. Which is selfish. Your song was called what? Queef. Oh, no. Queef in the place where you... Pee. Oh God! We from the place where you pee, Jesus man, it stinks. Oh, Joe, you got to stop singing that. <laughs> Just look around and see everybody's sick. We from the place where you pee. How how do you have sex <laughs> ever? I just made that up on the spot. I thought that was funny. Oh, I thought that was something you wrote when you were a child. No, I made and it up. I believe that. Just now I made it I up. I find it hard to believe you just wrote that as an adult. I, I made it up. All right. You wouldn't listen to that song? I just did. And the answer <laughs> is no. Again, knowing what I know now, I wouldn't. <laughs> Why not? I don't have to answer my questions to you. I don't have to answer your questions uh, to me. And often at funerals, I'll sing this. I'll sing, would you believe they put a man in the tomb? Man in the tomb. <laughs> All right. Now, that's good. And it's clean. You didn't have to work blue. <laughs> and I respect I'll sing that. it. Just like Bill Cosby used to lecture people on. Remember? Right. Bill would say, you guys don't have to work blue. You got to right. be like me. Right. You got to be yeah. an upstanding member yeah, of society who wears know. his pants buttoned all, all the way We all know what up. he said and then what he did, and it's terrible. It's a very disappointing story. Oh, sorry, Joe, if my truth bothers you. It's just I'm still not over losing the uh, childhood hero. It's still heartbreaking to me. Hey, sorry, America, if my truth's too much. Hey, I didn't know I was doing a podcast with Jamie Kilstein. I don't know who that is. He's a truth teller, man. Oh, Look okay. him up on the Well, internet. then, yeah. I guess I am Jamie Trillstein. Kilstein. I guess I am Jamie Kilstein. Girls, look out for that woman in black. Now, how would losing my pet pigeon go? I don't remember the lyrics. You well, know the chorus. Uh, that's me in the corner. That's me with the bird seed. <laughs> I don't know, right? I, I, That's wait, pretty good, actually. What the hell could you do with it? I don't even know. Uh, no, right there. I think you just answered that. Losing my pet pigeon. Did you love know. Weird Al as a boy? Of course. Did I ever tell a story to you about uh, getting Weird Al's autograph when I was a very young, young boy? No. I was at Six Flags over Mid-America in St. Louis. It was my first concert. And it was to see Weird Al. And I was shaking. I was so excited. The sure. entire day, I was so excited. I was about 11 years old. My mom took me. And then we're waiting in line for the Buccaneer, which is the big pirate ship that goes back and forth. Yeah. And my mom goes, oh, my gosh, Pat, I think that's Weird Al. And he was in line, like, one row behind me to where, like, when our rows crossed, we were going to be, like, right next to each other. Holy shit. What the hell is he waiting in lines for? I don't know. He was probably just a nice guy. Weird Al can't cut off kids in line at an amusement park, you know. 
Good point. So he's got this beautiful blonde on his arm, possibly a prostitute, like hiding her face from the sun, hiding it in his armpit. You think it was a hooker? Maybe it just seemed too good to be true for Weird Al, but he's a rich man, I guess. Right. Um, and I had told my mom this joke earlier while we were waiting in line. I go, Mom, how much does a pirate pay for corn? She goes, how much? I go, a buccaneer. Oh, boy. And you wrote that. Yeah, well, we're in line for the Buccaneer. That's very good. So she goes, Pat, you should tell Weird Al your joke. And I go, no, no. And then as we pass each other, my mom goes, can my son tell you a joke real quick? And I'm like, Mom. And he goes, yeah, sure. So I tell him my joke, Buccaneer. Guy gives me a big, hearty laugh, signs a piece of paper that I still have to this day. Couldn't have been nicer. And that was that. And if I wanted to, if I wanted to lie like everyone else, yeah, exactly. Like in the movie Fear. Now, see when other people tell this story uh, and lie, like everyone does with their like origin story, then uh, they would be like, "And Weird Al told me like you got to keep writing jokes, kid." Yeah, and no. now I'm Dave Chappelle. No, that never like, happened. Of course, it didn't happen. But everyone who tells their comedy story tells it like that, and I don't believe you. Well, everybody's a lying piece of shit. Yeah. Now, I want to get in touch with Weird Al and pitch Queef. <laughs> he works clean, though. Is it too old of a song to reference at this point? It absolutely is. Also, it should probably rhyme, so you know what's being parodied. Does it have to rhyme? Stand and I Queef. I don't think they don't. all rhyme. I will say that America's... That doesn't rhyme with bad. That's, that's close enough. I think America's ready for a song about Queefs. I love Queef humor. I always have. <laughs> Uh, I think it's very really? funny. I like period jokes quite a bit. Yeah. I just like that kind of thing. Smelly balls. I just like this sort of stuff. Okay. Shit jokes. I'm yeah. not above them. You're kind of like a uh, sort of a highbrow, like a George Wallace type. Like a, uh, who's the guy? Not George Wallace, the comedian, who's one of the funniest men alive. I, this is already falling apart. I meant George Wallace, the, quote, humorist, who used to be on 60 Minutes all the time. Yeah, I'm a very New Yorker type. Yeah. But I like this kind of stuff. Let's see, like this scene in the movie, Daniel Radcliffe is is uh, submerged in mud, and I'm pretending it's poop, and it's making me laugh. Okay. It's just making me happy. It helps you out. That's fine. Yeah, pretend he's swimming through poop. It makes the movie funny. It makes it horrific to me. My favorite part in Austin Powers is when he drinks the poop and goes, it's a bit nutty. Oh, see, that's my least favorite part of Austin Powers. That's your least favorite? Yeah, that's not for me, that kind of joke. I love that joke. I love that joke. It Coffee tastes like shit. It is shit, Austin. <laughs> yeah. I find that's it very not funny. for me. I find it very funny. Now, I really, this is a moment where I wish we were paying attention. What is this guy doing here? He's got Danny Radcliffe tied to a rope. Right. He's pulling him out of out of Very a uh, never-ending story move. Yeah. He's trying to pull. He's got the rope tied to his car. He's trying to back the car up to pull Radcliffe out of this mud hole that he's right, in. Right, right. He's having no luck, which I don't get. I mean, how hard could it be? I guess. It's, I guess the suction is. You know. Oh no, they're trying to pull that thing out. I'm sorry. The rope was not tied to Radcliffe. The rope was tied to this. To this thing they're pulling out of the mud. Uh, trying to solve the mystery, I assume, of the dead children. Look at this. They're pulling a goddamn car. Out of the mud. Joe, you're giving like a, a true play-by-play of the scene. Well, I mean, you know, uh, 
I, 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 it's the least I can do for the yeah. people that really want to know what's going on in the woman in black. <laughs> They're not only a car, but a, a goddamn carriage is coming out. Well, it's just a carriage. I thought it was a car, and I miss. I what if there was a horse on the front being dragged out too, covered in poop? A poop <laughs> horse. He's got a little boy's body there yeah. from the carriage. The horse looks on the camera and goes, "Get me out of here!" And I ain't horsing around. <laughs> Right, and then they never mention it again. It goes right back to being a horror movie. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm screaming myself horse over here. Yeah. And I thought the horse they shot had a bad day. <laughs> I can't think of a famous horse that died. Oh, I was going to say Old Yeller. Don't look a, a gift me in the mouth. That one doesn't make sense. <laughs> Now, he's holding the body of a young boy covered in mud who is dead. Yeah. Oh, now we're... Couldn't show us a little, uh, little midriff, Potter? Couldn't show I love us the way they midriff? dressed back then. This guy just got pulled out of a mud pit. He had to get cleaned up. He's now putting on a full white silk button-down shirt. Yeah. He's putting essentially another suit on. <laughs> right, right. He's got a vest on, a tie. This is, this is, this is cash. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you, you, you give me a bathrobe and a towel for around my head any day of the week when I get caught in the rain. Well, nowadays, I mean, people will wear, you know, a pair of boxer shorts to a, to a casino, to a fine casino. That's right. You, you know? You find a nice casino like the Commerce here in L.A. Yeah. That serves a Monte Cristo sandwich. There's no, uh, there's no sense of dressing up for things anymore, and California's even worse at it than most. My friend John Horowitz, dear friend of mine, uh, once took me to the Commerce Casino here in L.A. and, and wore a suit. No. Nope. Because uh, he felt that it was better to, to Unless it was it a swimsuit, he made a mistake. No, he wore a suit because he felt like it was good to doll it up for the dealers and maybe get some free stuff. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, then he ordered a Monte Cristo sandwich and spilled the white powdered sugar all down the front of the suit. <laughs> I mean, it was just a picture of trash in action. It was really nice. The Monte Cristo, if I'm not mistaken, is a ham sandwich on French toast. Ham turkey cheese on French toast with wow. powdered sugar on top. It's a delicious sandwich. I don't blame him for ordering yeah. it. Uh, uh, the uh, Commerce Casino is very disgusting. If it's the one I'm thinking of, it just looks like a or an Elks Lodge, like a rec hall kind of. Uh, yeah, it's a kind yeah. of like a big room with all the games in it. Yeah, I, that's the one I mentioned. Uh, and thank God I hated it because I, I would have been out there every couple nights. But there was an old Chinese man next to me v- m- leaning completely into my space and gnawing, like gnawing as if he had no teeth on this giant turkey leg. Ooh, at the Commerce Casino? He's balancing a, p- a plate, like almost on my arm, big pieces of chicken falling out of his mouth. I love the a giant plate. turkey leg. He was eating it almost in my mouth. Did you ever get the giant? Is this supposed to be real or a toy? No, it's real. The what? The rabbit thing he just yeah. wound up? Oh, yeah, it's just a toy. Are, he's. This is like the the. He's luring out the woman in black. Okay, I thought that was supposed to be an actual animal. I was like, come on, guys. No, no, no. it's supposed to be that he's winding up a toy. You don't have to have ILM, but let's get. Uh, something <laughs> let's, good. Let's let's at least get Spielberg on the job. <laughs> I mean, uh, we're supposed to believe a monkey's playing the maracas over here. <laughs> that's I, uh, you, I see some maracas there in the front row. I wouldn't mind playing with. Hey, don't get uh, mad at me. 
Don't get mad at me, you. That's Pat's famous skeptical Guido is the name of that character. <laughs> That's the name of that character. I don't know why I'm, we got to go in a haunted house. I mean, it, it doesn't seem that cool to me. I don't know. <laughs> I'm supposed That's more of a scared. I was going to join in, but oh, you just sorry. don't want to see me let me get a word in it. Would you shine? Can I let you shine? Oh, I don't want to anymore. All right, good. I just saw that we have about 10 or 12 minutes left on this film, and the, the relief that washed over me, <laughs> it was like it was like orgasming. Joe, we are supposed to be putting out a product that people love to listen to. Listen, people... You can't even get through this. People seem to like it, no matter how much we complain. Yeah. No matter how slow the t- conversation gets. I thought no tonight matter, was, a, was a good time. I had a good time. I almost time. had a lot of fun, and then I downgraded it to a good time. I had a good time. It wasn't a lot of fun. I had a good, a good time, but I'm, I'm, I'm a little hot. My apartment's very hot right now. It sure is. Uh, I paid too little attention to the movie this week. I have no idea what the hell's happening, even though I own this film. Yeah. I, I don't know what's happening right now. Um, it's okay. We each had one drink, which has now left me in that weird kind of sweaty. I had one <laughs> drink zone, you know. I had a gluten-free beer, and it was disgusting. What's disgusting about it? Uh, well, it's missing like some key ingredient of beer, and you you really taste it. It tasted like spoiled water. It was disgusting. It was like Bud Light with like a hint of an expired cranberry in it. And I hated it. I hate an expired cranberry. Yeah. It's you my least favorite cranberry. Take them off the shelves when they get expired, folks. I'm in there buying cranberries five, six nights a week, and I like them fresh. Uh, your friend, who I met yesterday, who was very lovely, has a son who's 11. Yes. Who writes a blog. Yeah, the kid's a, a damn genius. And, and I read the blog today. And he's a today. Buddhist, by the way. Yeah, I read the blog today. This 11-year-old kid, it's like, I can't believe this kid's not published. Yeah, he's like a Doogie Howser type. But at one point, he made a joke in one of the, the entries where he's like, he's like, let's say you're eating a Fiji apple, parentheses, because all other apples taste like, and then he shit on all the other apples. <laughs> I can't remember the analogy. He's roasting apples. And then there. he puts an asterisk under the piece. You get through the whole piece, and then under it, at the very bottom, there's an asterisk, and it says, promise I won't be an apple racist ever again. It's nice. I mean, I was like, this kid's 11? Yeah, he's great. I mean, he's got two funny parents. It's probably a big part of it. One of the one of the entries was called I don't care if God exists or not. Yeah. And the first sentence of the blog entry was in quotes and I don't care if you exist, comma, said God, says God petulantly. Yeah. An 11-year-old wrote this. Yeah. What is what is, what is, I, I, He's a very impressive young man. I've wasted everything. I've wasted it all. That scared me. Check out the kid's blog. It's called Some Idiot's Blog is the name of it. Yeah. It's on Squarespace. He's a very smart, very funny kid. Yeah. Uh, what, Pat? What? Uh, Spit it out, Pat. I thought of, when you were talking about him making fun of apples, is this a funny sketch? It would be like a 10-year-old boy, and it's the Comedy Central roast of, like, Brussels sprouts. Okay. Would that be, you think it would be a pretty funny sketch? Like, five kids get up It'd and riff funny. on why Brussels if sprouts you suck? Could, if you could k- get the kids to take on the demeanor of adult yeah, comedians, no, of course. then it would be very funny. And like maybe by the end, it's like some kid who's like real crude about it. Yeah. You know, yeah, shove these up your mother's twat, you know. Yeah. Like a five-year-old Well, you got to have the kid that's doing like the Nick DiPaolo, like all hunched over. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, close yeah. to the mic. Let me tell you something, folks. If I wanted to eat Brussels sprouts. <laughs> yeah, this thing would be amazing, I think. Yeah. And you definitely need a, uh, a Lisa Lampanelli, some heavy yeah. set young growl. She's very thin these days. I don't like it. 
I do often find a bit of sadness when somebody I uh, know as being heavy set loses weight. Yeah, I know Lisa as a friend, so I I was happy for her that it was good for her to do that. Obviously, right. but I never I don't know I don't know in any way on a personal level Seth Rogen or Jonah Hill. I will say this: I did not like Jonah Hill thinning out. I was happy to see him get fat again. Yeah, I agree. And I'm not crazy about thinning out Seth Rogen. I yeah. like these guys husky. All right. Not in a mean way, because I want to see them fail. It's just weird. I hear you. you I know? hear you. Newman slimmed down. Wayne Knight. Newman's in uh, Hail Caesar, actually. It, but he kind of puffed out again, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. He's fat again. Is he Newman fat again? The or? audience, there was such a huge laugh of delight when Newman came on the screen. I love Newman. He doesn't even say anything, but he was good in it. He just has a couple lines. Now, is he Newman heavy again, or is he just heavier than thin? He looks like a guy who lost a ton of weight and then put a ton of weight back on. But he's not as bad as he was in early Newman days. No. All right, well, that's good. That's he's good. more like buttoned-up pair of slacks, Newman, by the end. Okay, that's fine. I can live with that. See, I don't want to be unhappy or no. unhealthy. I just, you know, no, I hear you. You just get used to it. I hear you. We need fat people on this planet. Now, if Chris Farley or John Candy had lost a ton of weight, I don't know if they would have been as funny. I'll tell you, uh, uh, what's his name? Goodman is shaving him off, man. Yeah, he, I mean, he goes up and down, and I, I like Goodman no matter what he's in. I love him. I just saw the trailer for 10 Cloverfield Lane. It looks amazing. I love Cloverfield. I have not seen the trailer for 10 Cloverfield It's Lane. apparently not related. It's not a sequel. That makes no sense. Why would you do that? Well, I don't know, Pat. Am I J.J. fucking Abrams? Uh no, you're not. I bet that the. Uh... I just thought of, I just thought of the Nick DiPaolo joke for the Brussels sprouts roast. Okay, go for it. Let me oh, tell wait, you. Joe, the Comedy Central roast of Brussels sprouts. Yeah, roasted Brussels sprouts. Oh, that's funny. I got you. Yeah, you're goddamn right. That's funny. I got you. All right, carry funny. on. Let me tell you something, folks. If I wanted to eat green, disgusting balls, I'd go suck Kermit the Frog's cock. <laughs> it's <laughs> That's a perfect Brussels sprouts roast joke. Could we find parents to let their kids do these jokes? I think probably so. At, in this sick fucking town? Yeah, they are you kidding offer me? them up like parents... Simba in the Lion King. Yeah. <laughs> Take parents paying you to okay, let their kids do Now, it's going to be... He's going to be uh, under our supervision for like a month and a half. You won't be able to see him. Take him. Please take him. <laughs> Have some money. Yeah. Please treat yourself. Because you're all who's. Yeah, it's a disgusting town we live in. We live out here in Hollywood. Holly weird, I call it. Hey, that's Yeah. I call it hazy wood because everybody's in a fog. <laughs> I and just made hot. that up just now. Hot as well. Look at Radcliffe's adorable son in this movie. Not and for me. I think that kid's adorable. Tell you what, kid's not for me. And this is the part now where Radcliffe dies, and I think the kid dies too, and it's not a very happy ending. No. The train and the woman in black comes. and Yeah, horror movies don't have to end happily, Joe. Well, I like that it's not a happy ending. Most horror movies end with too much hope, in my opinion, these days. American ones. And American you just ones. fucking shat on Goodnight Mommy for ending without hope. I Listen, I don't like... I didn't mind that Goodnight Mommy ended... And it does end with hope. It ends with the three ghosts, like we're finally together. Oh, uh, well. I don't mind that it ended. Oh, oh, boy. Well, Radcliffe and his son just got run over by a train. 
and now you're going to see the dead children. That's pretty cool. In the train. It's a cool movie. It's it is cool a little cool movie. movie. I'm glad we watched it so carefully. And then the woman in black, and everybody's Lady dead. In black. Now, whatever that guy's looking at on the train track can't be pretty. He's looking at the remnants of Radcliffe and the kid. <laughs> They're yeah. not going to show it because it's a PG-13 film. Do you remember that website that people got real into in college that was like pictures of horrific things that now are probably on NBC any night of the week? Oh, he lived. Like a, you know, like somebody got hit by a truck. Wait. I do, but hold on. Radcliffe lived. I forgot that that happened. Okay. Maybe he dies now. Or no, they're dead. They're in heaven. Yeah. That's right, because they see the wife or whatever, I think. Yeah, Mom? they're dead. This is very similar to the end of the last Harry Potter movie. Isn't there a whole thing on like a train thing? And Trains were always factored into Harry Potter. Have you seen all? You don't know if he's alive or not? Have I seen what? All the Potters. Of course I have. They're you, fucking incredible. What do you take me for? I'm excited for Magnificent Beasts. I am and I'm not. I can really give or take that guy. Well, I think it'll be a fun flick. Yeah. Apparently, it's a prequel, and uh, your boy Gandalf is, or uh, Dumbledore, excuse me, is really campaigning to come back. Has anyone ever done this as a character? James Gandalf Feeney? No. Hey, we gotta get to the Twin Towers. Right? I like that. We gotta get the ring back to Bilbo. Huh? I like that. I think that's very good. You shall not pass. So. Did you hear me, you dumb fuck? You will not pass, <laughs> you dumb fuck. You could tell your ugly sister. She cannot pass neither. Um, here's my character I want to do. William H. Macy Gray. I don't know how to do it, though. <laughs> we got to get we gotta get these characters up and running. I don't have, there's not enough famous William H. Macy or Macy Gray things to, to do that character. All I know is I try. And I barely remember that song. Yeah, you could you could do something out of that. And that's our film, folks. It just ended with them in heaven, finally reunited as a family because the mom had died early on. But then the woman in black's watching them. and I, So what does that mean? Maybe they're not in heaven? I got a habit over here. I got a habit over here. I got habits coming out of my goddamn ears. <laughs> and now AJ won't do his homework. <laughs> Come out Where's the ZD? Huh? I like it. You can't say Carmella, though. You got to say Samwise. Oh, Gangi. yeah. Samwise. Ganji. Which Samwise Ganji Ganji sounds like Angie, which sounds like an Italian name. Samwise Ganji sounds like it could be like a villain they bring in for season four of The Sopranos. Oh, wait, isn't one of the guys named Sam? No. No? Who's the guy with the white hair? Hey, Don, I want you to... Hey, T. Hey, T, I want you to meet my cousin. This is uh, Samwise Ganji's. <laughs> hey, how you doing, Samwise? Have you seen you, you sandwich? You be? What do you want? I want you to know, I, I knew your father. I knew your father, Sam Dumb Ganges, okay? I'm, I'm breaking your balls. I'm breaking your balls. I'm breaking your balls. Sam Wise, Sam Dumb. You you get it. You know what joke I wish you would have made I'm earlier? Fun. You know what joke I wish you would have made earlier? What? When we were talking about bad, dirty grandpa. Yeah. We should have said, I don't know why De Niro keeps making these movies. Maybe he should change his name to Bobby No De Niro. <laughs> That's pretty good. I don't, I wish I would have said that. C.R. Hines is that dude's name. He's a great actor. 
Well, folks, you've been listening to We'll See You in Hell, the podcast brought to you by the Fangoria Podcast Network, produced by Thomas DeFeo, and executive produced by Ken Hanley of Fangoria Entertainment. For press opportunities, advertising inquiries, and information about We'll See You in Hell, contact Ken at Fangoria.com. Follow Pat Walsh on Twitter. At the Patrick Walsh, y'all. Follow me at Joe DeRosa Comedy on Twitter. Uh, and if you are in the, what's my next, I can't even remember. Oh, yeah, touring in March. If you're around that south, a bunch of places. I'll be in Wilmington, North Carolina. I'll be in uh, Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I'll be in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So uh, come on out in March. That's all I got. I will be eating at the Glendale Soup Plantation uh, this coming Thursday. I'll probably start with the salad bar and ease into perhaps uh, Sunday. Sometimes I like to put the soft serve in my coffee there. Uh, Thanks, everybody. We hope you had a good time, and I'll see you at Soup Plantation.